This week, we'll learn about phishing for investment opportunities in AI. Plus, we'll take a look at what else is bringing money into our ecosystem. Hi, I'm Karen Unland. And I'm Faiza Ramji. And this is Bloom, the podcast about innovation in Edmonton. I'm experiencing a bit of a paradox these days, and I'm wondering if you're feeling the same way. It feels like on the one hand, as we record this in June 2022, we're approaching or in a bear market, depends who you ask. Um, And that brings with it all kinds of negative psychology, at least in some circles around money. Are you feeling that way too? Yeah. I mean, you know, even just looking at something as basic as the, the prices at the pumps, or looking at, uh, I subscribe to uh, a few newsletters and they, they always have like a summary of the tickers at the top. And it's always like red arrow, red arrow, red arrow, red arrow. So I've kind of stopped looking at some of that and I've stopped <laughs> looking at Twitter as well. Cause it's a bit of an echo chamber that can make you feel, you know, a little bit in the dumps about certain things. So I'm, I'm trying to convince myself or at least remind myself that I'm, I'm playing a long game here, not, not, uh, worrying too much about day to day. Uh, yeah, I uh, I am not an investor by any stretch, but I do have money in my kids' RESP. Mm-hmm. And as the uh, school year approaches, I'm thinking, I wish we could have taken that out a few months ago. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> okay, they don't they don't really need school anyway. School's overrated. <laughs> Um, on the other hand, it feels like where we live, there's more investment than ever before. Um, there's, it feels like all the time in Taproot, we are announcing new funds or closed rounds from a, a bunch of startups around here. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. I mean, you know, for some investing is a bit of a bet. And for some, they're clearly investing in people and long-term ideas. And they might be a little bit more cautious with how and how much money they give out. But it is nice to see that there's still deal flow happening. And, you know, maybe it's it's kind of like they say, buy low, sell high. Um, and so yeah. hopefully that's the uh, hopefully that's the mindset. Yeah. So it may not be the best time to be in the stock market. Definitely not the best time to be uh, an, a recent entrant into crypto, I would say. But <laughs> if you're a startup with a good idea and some traction, there seems to be money out there for you. And one of the people who you might want to talk to in that case is Tiffany Linky Boyko, who is the principal in charge of the Canadian operations of Flying Fish Partners, which is a venture capital firm based in Seattle that makes seed stage investments in AI, machine learning, Internet of Things, cloud computing, all those uh, futuristic, except not futuristic because it's here now kind of stuff. Before that, she was president of We Know Training. And before that, she ran Startup Edmonton for a long time. Uh, definitely a fixture on the startup scene here. Here's my conversation with Tiffany Linky Boyko. Okay, so you got this new job. You're like about three weeks in. Is that right when we're talking? Uh, well, it's been longer. It was I started at the beginning of April, um, but it was a secret for the first month. Um, but oh. it's since it's been announced. <laughs> so it's like you've been like a spy for a while, just sort of, you know what your job is, but nobody else does. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, let's begin with like, what are you responsible for? What is the principal in charge of Flying Fish Canada do? I mean, the main pieces for me is finding all of the different companies that are in the space that we're investing in and meeting with them, getting to know the opportunities. So some of them I meet before they're starting to raise, or sometimes I'm meeting with them as they're getting ready to raise and they have an ask for us. 
So it's a lot of meeting with companies and learning about what they're doing, um, what they're working on, and if we would be a good fit as an investor for them. And are they calling you or are you like going through LinkedIn and like reaching out with through the in-mail or how, how do you connect with these folks? A whole mixture. I've had people reach out. Um, I was at Inventors in Calgary last week and so saw, you know, a whole day of pitches um, and kind of from there made notes of ones that I thought fit within our thesis and so reached out to them and had follow-up conversations. So and then some referrals, so a whole mixture of ways that I get connected to different co- companies. Are you able to tell me what your thesis is? What is what is the thing that you're looking for when you're having those conversations? Yeah, I mean, it's really kind of what you said at the start. We're looking for you know those companies that have artificial intelligence and machine learning at the heart of their strategy as they're building out their startup. And so you know we're industry agnostic. Um, which, you know, opens up to a lot of opportunities, but we're really looking for those companies that are, you know, not down the road saying, hey, we think there's opportunity with AI or NML, but right now we're going, we're doing this at the start. Um, you know, it might be in a small version, um, but it's really, you know, the key piece of how they're going to build their company. Right. Because in in the end, we're all going to end up doing some version of AI or ML, right? But that doesn't necessarily mean it's like at the very core, it's kind of like saying that you're tech enabled because you use Excel or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we're looking for those interesting and different ways that people are using it that are going to make, you know, their company kind of, you know, potentially create that being the moat that's going to be around their company's opportunity, um, you know, which, how are they using it to, you know, be their secret sauce? And then I guess the other piece of our thesis would be we typically are seed stage companies, some pre-seed, but usually at that seed stage. So when we're talking locally, a company like Alta ML, is it too far along for you to be interested? Yes. So they would be quite a bit um, farther along. You know, they're, they've got lots of traction, big team. Um, so they would be looking, they were raising money, probably looking for larger check sizes and doing a larger sum of money. Now, I know that they spin out companies um, and those spin outs potentially, depending on what stage they're at, um, would be companies that we would look at. Right. But you're also not looking like for someone who's like who might have come to the Mercer building with an idea to go through pre-flight or something like you have to have some traction and movement. You know, love to have that conversation as sort of a, you know, get to know companies as they're coming along. But we're not at the hey, I just have an idea stage. We're at the, hey, I have an idea. I've created a version of a product. I have got some traction with it. So I have some pilots out there with potential customers. I'm getting an understanding of who my customer is. I've started to build a team and I have an idea of where I'm going in the future. I mean, those are always just guesses, um, but there's some business structure to what is happening. Right. So my understanding is that Flying Fish started in Seattle and kind of with the desire to put the Pacific Northwest on the startup map. Why would they choose Edmonton as their Canadian outpost? Just like you said, they started off seeing a gap within the Pacific Northwest in terms of those early stage investors. The you know people saw Microsoft and Amazon, but they were kind of looking to bigger companies, not looking at the smaller ones. Um, and so saw an opportunity there. So they started off sort of as a region focus with AI and ML being, you know, a bonus also. 
But then as they raised their second fund that just closed, they were looking at, okay, in the future, the bigger opportunity is really doubling down on the AI and ML piece of um, that. And so while regionally still, you know, a focus and a bias because they're, you know, situated there, but seeing larger opportunities by looking outward. And then connecting to Alberta, they, you know, their comment was, we see similarities to Seattle in terms of still young, you know, not necessarily the big location or the trendy location, but lots of really interesting things going on in terms of research and opportunities. And so they're like, you know, that excited us, you know, being able to be that there, hopefully at the start as more companies propel out of Alberta. Right. But your deal flow can include like non-Alberta companies too, right? You're you're responsible for the whole country. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We have a couple, (laughs) you know, uh, investments in Vancouver, um, recent ones in New Brunswick. So yeah, we have, are looking all over the place, but certainly I'm biased and hope that we get some really exciting ones coming out of Alberta. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what does success look like for you? What will your first year be? Like what are, what are your KPIs or whatever they say in business yeah. world? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know, my KPIs are pretty much, you know, just meeting as many companies as possible. This is a bit of a learning to understand what kind of volume will we be seeing, you know, for companies that fit into the, you know, the, the thesis that we look at. Um, so we haven't set a number in terms of like how many companies I want to meet or how many we want to invest in because we kind of feel like it's a little premature to try to put those. So for me, it's just, you know, really making sure that do people know that Flying Fish is in Alberta and that, you know, a great place to get investment from what we're focused on. And so we're attracting um, those type of companies. Flying Fish also secured $7.5 million US from the Alberta Enterprise Fund. Does that money have to be spent in Alberta? It doesn't. Um, you know, so when AEC does fund to fund, obviously their goal is to see as much action within Alberta as possible. Um, and they're certainly, you know, looking at those metrics. How many people are we, you know, looking at um, going through due diligence in terms of companies within Alberta? Um, how active, you know, are we involved in the community and all of that? Um, but it also depends on the deal flow. So for them to say you have to, um, it's a tricky piece, um, but the goal is hopefully to have as many as possible. Yeah, but you don't have like a quota or anything that you have to to hit. Yeah, I can see why Edmonton would be interesting to them for lots of reasons, including the AI uh, piece. Your brother, Cam Linke, is a CEO of the Alberta Machine Intelligence Institute, which is like radiates all kinds of interesting things in that space. Is that connection um, helpful or tricky for you? Um, Well, I mean, it's good now. People can be like, oh, yes, we're brother and sister. They can wipe the confusion of if we're, you know, there are still some people that ask, are you guys married? (laughs) Um, And then, uh, you know, we've since got used to that question. I don't know. We've been in the space um, together in terms of like technology community for in Edmonton for so long. Um, I think we, you know, we personally have figured out how to navigate it. Um, I think most people assume that anytime we get together, all we do is talk work. Um, and so people will be like, oh, you probably know that that happened at Amy or somewhere. And I'm like, well, no, because I saw him on Sunday and we didn't talk work. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think it's, you know, we've done it for a number of years. So we've kind of figured out how, what makes sense. 
Well, as you kind of alluded to your other connection um, or your other experience in navigating being kind of in the same space with with Camus uh, at Startup Edmonton. And I wondered to know, what did you learn from your time there that you'll apply to your work at Flying Fish? So I think working with companies and being able to um, see what an early stage company actually is, you know, versus if you have you know, haven't kind of seen companies journey their way through um, from an idea, you might struggle with like, okay, but what does that look like? How am I going to just look at the team, you know, as that being the main point, because, you know, the product's going to evolve a lot. Um, So I think just the comfortability of having seen a lot of pitches, you know, it's a great founder that's really technically inclined. And so long term, maybe they're not going to be the spokesperson for the company. Um, but they are going to be able to, you know, bring great technical leadership. So I think it's just, you know, seeing the range of companies and kind of um, understanding that piece of it. Are there any lessons from your stint at We Know Training that you'll apply to this work? Yeah, I mean, I think anything time you've done any sort of team leadership, company leadership, I think it gives you a sense of sometimes sympathy towards people, you know, as you know, the founders as they're leading their team and understanding depending what challenge they're going through. And then I also just being able to say, hey, like, I understand this piece of it. I've gone through hiring or I've gone through the onboarding and where do you draw the line for, you know, at this stage and that element of it. Um, so I think there's always pieces that, you know, could draw on based on different experiences or learnings, having led a team in a company and then being able to have those conversations with the founder saying, yeah, this, I, I didn't just read this in a book, you know, I've had to walk some of these paths also. Yeah. Actually, with Flying Fish, how much of the relationship is a mentorship one? Like, is it, it, it feels like there's a spectrum in investment world from we're just going to give you money, go make us more money, to we're going to give you some money, we're also going to help you make that money. Where are you guys on that? So we really have the approach of it depends on the founder. So instead of pulling out the playbook of like, these are the things that we do every time. I mean, there's certainly some, you know, elements of that. But, you know, there are some founders that are multiple time founders. So they don't need as much assistance or are not looking for guidance or connections. They've got that piece of it. They're looking more from the money end of it. Then there are others that, you know, are looking for more of that. Can you help me with these connections? I'm running into a problem here. So it really depends on, you know, that founder, what makes sense and the skill set that we bring um, and how we can contribute and or who we can connect to, which is um, something that already a couple months in seen quite often. So either connections to a potential customer or connections to, uh, hey, you have a young CTO, okay, connect them with this person that can provide, you know, some good mentorship. We ran into each other at the Edmonton launch for the 51, and which invests in women-founded startups. And I was thinking that that effort strikes me as part of the solution, but that VC in general could stand to be a little bit more open-minded about who it invests in. Do you feel like that is part of your job? Is that a lens that you would apply or is that not? I mean, I think as a female leader, I feel that it, it is my responsibility. It has been my responsibility in all the roles um, that I have been in. Um, but I would say the team as a whole, you know, Heather, when they started the fund, you know, there wasn't very many female VC founders. There are more than there was five years ago. 
but so there's definitely that conversation of like, how do we make sure that, you know, we are, you know, having diverse conversations and founders. So I do feel like it's a responsibility and it's something to have top of mind um, and understanding my own biases or things like that. So I, I see it as a responsibility, but I also think it comes heavily from me personally. Right. So, so you are of a cast of mind not to immediately reject somebody because they don't look like central casting's idea of startup founder. Yeah, it, you know, it, absolutely. I saw on Twitter, and the person got a lot of backlash, and it was somebody in the states that made the comment of "Don't introduce me to any founders that use a Gmail account." And I'm like, it was her way of saying like I'm trying to, I don't know what, but I just thought it was an unfortunate, <laughs> like immediately like making decisions about people without even treating them as people. Um, And so I think those sort of things perpetuate really negative experiences with VCs and negative like behaviors. So yeah. Err on the side of generosity, people. (laughs) Good things will happen. (laughs) Yeah. And I think coming from the world of Startup Edmonton, where my whole focus was community minded, um, I definitely bend towards that way uh, more so. Mm -hmm. I think the last thing I want to ask you about is like just specifically what makes a company a good candidate for flying fish? Yeah, I mean, I think the starting point would be, you know, do you have AI or ML at like the heart of your strategy piece of it? You know, there are companies that I've talked to even this last week that are like, hey, we have a, we know eventually we'll get there. Probably we're not going to be a good fit for you. We're looking kind of at that piece start of it. And then we're looking for a really strong team with a good understanding of market opportunity, and then a starting point of your product um, kind of being out in the market. Obviously, your product will still need lots of growth and change and all of that. Um, but we want you to have tested out to see, you know, so you have some understanding about your customer. And is there uh, a range of investment that you would consider? Like what's the lowest flying fish we put into somebody and what's the mo- the most? Sure. So we, our check sizes at the seed stage usually range from 500K to 2 million. Where we can, we'd love to lead um, and kind of be that part of um, the conversation. I think the other piece of it is if somebody isn't sure if they fit in, um, you know, certainly we'll be at more events and stuff like that. Grab me or we can grab 15 minute conversation and I can certainly add some questions. My goal is to hopefully see companies at the, you know, earlier on in their journey, um, get to know founders, because that's the stage we invest in It's team that's so important. Um, So get to know them and their process um, long before they need to come and ask for money. It's kind of like recruiting people too, like you might identify somebody when they're like young and not ready yet, but it's like that one, that one has promise. I'm going to keep a, keep in touch, connect on LinkedIn and see. (laughs) Absolutely. And you know, maybe this idea, you know, that somebody's working on didn't fit or doesn't go anywhere, but they've learned lots of lessons. And so next time around, you know, have built a relationship with us, is on a track that fits with us. And then it would be a good opportunity. Mm -hmm. Are you in competition with other funds? Like I'm thinking of like a Sprout Fund or something like that. Like, are you, would you be going for the same kind of companies or are you just like in parallel tracks? You don't do the same thing. You're not interested in the same people. So, I mean, Sprout would um, fund would probably, they have probably a broader reach, um, especially mm-hmm. in our communities. So they probably have a, you know, I would consider them having a broader pool of opportunities for investment. Um, but there would be definitely times where we would be looking at the same companies. 
I think, you know, the opportunity and, you know, I've talked to Christina and Shahil when we were in Calgary, we we're like, let's find a, a deal to do together. And so, mm-hmm. um, from, you know, obviously I'm new into this, but from what I understand, there's some good relationships and good amongst the VCs in Alberta of like, Hey, this wasn't a fit for us, but you know, still an interesting company. So passing on deal flow. And so hopefully instead of competing, we'll do some deals together to support some really exciting companies. Is there anything else that you want people to know? No, I mean, I'm really excited to um, continue to be involved in the the tech community in, in Edmonton and Alberta. And I'm excited about what's happening here. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm happy to answer questions. And so I think people shouldn't hesitate to reach out, whether it's at an event or um, just grabbing, you know, a 15 or 30 minute conversation. And we are we likely to see you like at investment summits, at pitch days, at like every time people are, are making making their pitch? Yep, you will see me there. Um, I think what the startup, uh, the TNT summits next week. So um, I will be there. Excellent. Okay. Well, if you don't buttonhole uh, Tiffany in in person, then what's the best way to to get a hold of you? Um, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, You can reach out there. Um, So that's, you know, an easy way and you can kind of get a sense of who I am and then we can follow up from there. Excellent. Well, one thing that I want people to know is that you invited Taproot to be part of Launch Party 7 and uh, at Startup Edmonton in 2016. And that was our coming out party and we're still here. So thank you for spotting us, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so proud of uh, all the work that um, Taproot has done and the growth and um, yeah, so I, it's exciting to me to be able to be, you know, on this podcast as you guys continue to add elements to, you know, what you're, you're doing. So I'm a very, I call myself a startup parent. I'm a very proud startup parent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that was a great conversation. It was very fun to, to reconnect with Tiffany. Uh, it was funny. I ran into her at the launch event for the Edmonton branch of the 51 and uh, I said, hey, how are you doing? And then I introduced her uh, as uh, the, what she was doing before. And, and she said, oh, I'm not doing that anymore, but I can't tell you what I'm doing. But it's interesting. <laughs> and it's related to investment, maybe. <laughs> so <laughs> I could add the scoop. Uh, I, I hate when people tell you that they have something exciting that they can't tell you about. Yeah, <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think it's a it's an exciting win for Edmonton, for our community, because Though, like you mentioned with her, you know, her Tiffany's job is to look at investments from across Canada. You know, as she mentioned herself, she is biased towards Edmonton, but also knowing that the kinds of companies she's looking for, you know, we obviously have a deep amount of expertise in AI and machine learning here in our region. Um, And so I think it's great that, you know, we have an organization that is coming from a different place, but setting up some roots here in Edmonton. And looking at companies that we're just inherently good at creating. Um, mm-hmm. And so I hope that means a little bit of extra attention from for Edmonton. I also think it's exciting for the funds that we have here already. You know, Tiffany mentioned, you know, that it would be great to partner hopefully with Christina Milkey from Sprout VC or, or another fund. And if they find, you know, a great company to invest in that maybe they could be in on the same round together. I think that in itself is also really exciting because it just amplifies the deal flow coming through here, but also access to new markets, new customers, new advisors. And I think that's been a challenge for companies in Edmonton is how do you scale from a place that has, you know, a small population to a place that is much more competitive and potentially a much larger market uh, without having to set up a presence there and maybe having an investor there 
gives you some of that same advantage. So I think yeah. it's, um, yeah, I think it's exciting. And I, and I, I'm really curious to see how Tiffany continues to run that business here because like you said, she's no stranger to the community and she's definitely been through a lot of different stages of companies and, and has seen so many companies grow and prosper and pitch and, you know, lots of expertise on her end. All right, we'll take a break. And when we come back, we'll chat about some other investment news that we've noticed. Bloom is brought to you by Innovate Edmonton. Here's a message from our sponsor. At Innovate Edmonton, we are elevating our city as a global capital of innovation, a thriving center of inspiration, ingenuity, and growth. Our role is to empower you as local innovators, connecting you to capital and customers, helping you to achieve your goals and make a global impact. We're supporting career-defining jobs for a rapidly changing world where companies, consumers, and investors are looking for a triple bottom line of people, planet, and prosperity. When Global Investment looks at Edmonton, we can demonstrate an innovation ecosystem working in harmony with healthy access to capital, collaborative communities, and a competitive spirit. Go to InnovateEdmonton.com today to learn how to accelerate your business. This episode of Bloom is also brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. Even if you're a busy business owner with more meetings than hours in a day, you are calm and collected when your group benefit plan is taken care of by Alberta Blue Cross. Your employees can manage their own health, dental, life, and disability coverage online, anytime on any device, making it easier for them and for you. To learn more and explore your options, head to ab.bluecross.ca. All right. Well, we were mentioning uh, earlier on that there seems to be a lot of money out there uh, looking for opportunities. And you mentioned uh, Sprout VC. They recently announced three new investments from their Sprout Fund 2. The three companies are, they're interesting kind of software-ish companies. One is LetHub, which uh, makes software for property managers, Swede, which streamlines home renovations and friendly, which automates front end development for startups. I thought it was interesting that all three of those are based in BC. Mm-hmm. I also think it's interesting that there's so much going on in the home space these days. I feel like I've seen a lot of, you know, home renovation, trades, management, property management software. I know there's one out of Calgary that just came out. So I'm curious to know what about these two, LetHub and Swede, were interesting to sprout. But I'm excited about Frontly. I think uh, this idea of like the low code, no code sector is definitely growing. And uh, I know Shahil from Sprout VC posted something about his excitement in in the low code, no code space. And I think for founders, like for startups, that's a it's great to see those kinds of tools because rather than pouring you know millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars into code before you even know if you have customers, this this seems like a smarter way to be able to start up a company. Um, mm-hmm. and gain some traction before you go after venture capital or anything like that. So great job for Sprout. And uh, I know with their model of funding and mentorship, I'm sure these companies are going to get a ton of value out of them. 
Yeah. And I think that part of that, like a sign of the health of our local ecosystem here is, is when um, we are also exporting money and expertise out of Edmonton to other places that makes the whole area more interesting. It, it connects a little bit to this idea of flying fish deciding to land so to speak, in Edmonton as its Canadian outpost instead of Toronto or Vancouver, um, that we are kind of part of the Pacific Northwest, which is uh, we're all one place instead of a whole bunch of like little isolated cities or just trying to be parochially successful in our little space. I think in the past, we've we've started doing a good job of collaborating with Calgary because of proximity. But I do mm-hmm. think that we need to be think even bigger in terms of our collaboration and and exchanging ideas and funding and, you know, um, kind of creating a larger ecosystem around this Pacific Northwest, because I think there's so many similar values or similar types of, of founders in, you know, Seattle, Portland, Vancouver, Victoria. Victoria seems to be a huge tech hub lately. So I think the more we increase the size of our footprint and and our influence, the better it is for everybody. So I'm, yeah, I think it'd be nice to even see a little bit more formal collaboration from, from these regions and see what, what kind of uh, impact we can have. Yeah. Uh, I also see that Arita Labs has raised a million dollars in a round led by Accelerate Fund 3. That is a fund that invests money from Alberta Enterprise Corporation and Opportunity Investment Calgary, um, or the Opportunity Investment Calgary Fund. And it's managed by Yale Town Partners. Arita also got money from the Scale Good Fund, which is the um, fund that Ashif Maji spun out of the Community Safety and Wellness Accelerator, the 51, which focuses on women-led businesses, and UCED, which focuses on social enterprise, uh, based out of, it's based out of the University of Calgary. Uh, what do you think of the Arita Labs story? Uh, I think it's great. It's great to see more money going into social ventures. You know, in the past, I think, in Canada, we've we've approached like social impact from a nonprofit standpoint, which hasn't seemed to be very uh, sustainable or mm-hmm. or like as impactful as people might hope. And in the U.S., I know they do a really good job of social venture and creating these organizations that are, you know, really robust and um, have like a really smart business foundation to them. So I think it's great for Arito Labs. I do think, and Karen, you know, indulge me while I go a little bit off track here, but. <laughs> seeing all this money flowing into the region and into these companies, like, don't you ever think it would be so much fun? I mean, okay, obviously I know they have metrics and responsibility and stuff like that, but don't you think it'd be so fun to be an investment manager of some sort or fund manager and like just talk to companies all day and then like gift them all. I mean, it's no, it's not gifting, but like gift them all this money and be kind of like their, it's like, you're kind of like their godparent. You're like, okay, you know Mm -hmm. what? Here, take some money, do what you got to do, grow, leave the nest. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I that want be? that for you. I want that for you. That I'm going to like send it out to the universe that you're going to um, grow field notes into this wildly successful thing, have a big exit, and then you got nothing but time and money to go and shower on all the other good ideas that are out there. Oh my God, that'd be so fun. I hope Arden Che is listening because it feels like <laughs> Yale Town Partners manages lots of different funds and does lots of really interesting things. Arden, I don't see anything around <laughs> food product innovation, and boy, do I have the opportunity for you. So you, you know, I'm, I'm, that's my pitch, Arden. Invest in me, and then together we can invest in everybody else. <laughs> that's my investment thesis. Done. 
from her <laughs> mouth to God's ears. <laughs> well, that's it for this week. If you haven't already, hit subscribe so you don't miss upcoming episodes of Bloom. And if you like this episode, share it with a friend. Bloom is produced by Taproot Edmonton with editing by Castria. Our music is by Davon Beaker. And our cover art is by Vicky Wersinski. Bye. Bye.